It's time now for Spears on Sports with John Spears, presented by M&M Carnage. And now, here's Johnny. Now, made it through a weekend. Welcome to Monday, everybody. Spears on Sports, presented by M&M Carnage. John Spears in studio. It is Monday, March 21st, first day of spring, and it is golf weather out there today. 70 and sunny. Beautiful. No wind. Oh, get out and play some golf today. Get out and do anything today. Take a walk. Take a three-mile walk. As long as there's a beer at the end of it, take yourself a three-mile walk. Eminem Cartage Hotline is open, 502-384-1450, 502-384-1450 to join in on the conversation. Also, you can reach me via the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. Don't forget, Thornton's is a perfect stop for all the best pick-me-up items you need to get your day started, like fresh coffee and delicious donuts. Visit our friends at Thornton's and hit me up on the Thornton's text line at 414-1450. How's your bracket? Yeah. Uh, I would say mine's average, not awful, not good. I would call it average. I gave out my Sweet 16 to you on Wednesday, or I'm sorry, Tuesday last week. I got 11 out of 16. I missed Kentucky. So did everybody else. I missed St. Mary's. I had St. Mary's over UCLA. They kept it close for a while. I missed on Wisconsin. They stink. I missed on Auburn. They stink. And I missed on Tennessee. So three of my five misses were Southeastern Conference schools. Way to go, SEC. You had six. You now have one. Yikes. Not good. But how's your bracket? That's what I want to know, 414-1450, the Thornton's text line. My my one big winner that I liked all along and uh, got some grief about and they came through was North Carolina over Baylor in the, uh, I believe that's the South region. The South region is jacked up, right? No, actually, it's the uh, Midwest region, I should say. Nope, I take it back. East region. I'll get it right. There's only four. The East region is jacked up. Carolina's an eight seed, UCLA the four, Purdue the three, and St. Peter's the 15 seed. And now everybody's on the St. Peter's bandwagon, especially anti-Kentucky fan, and I get that. That's It's fun. Um, if, if you're an Indiana fan, hey, our team finally made the tournament. But look, Kentucky lost to St. Peter's in the first round. If you're a Louisville fan, eh, we were 13 and 19. But look, Kentucky lost to St. Peter's. This is great. St. Peter's, by the way, was the only mid-major, the only one-bid conference to get past, past Saturday. As of Sunday morning, before the Sunday second-round games were even played, the only automatic qualifier one-bid conference team left was St. Peter's out of the Metro Atlantic Athletic Conference. That's it. Um, so, you know, this has never been about the best 68 teams in the country getting together for a little tournament. It never has been. It never will be. And it's great. This is the best week in the weekend of the year, in my opinion. Sports weekend of the year, in my opinion. There's none better. You can talk about NFL wildcard weekend if you'd like. You can talk about Masters weekend if you're a golf enthusiast. Um, you know, you can talk about 
college football bowl game mania, wherever, whenever the first of the year rolls around, those three or four days around January 1, there is nothing better than March Madness. And the beauty of it is its unpredictability. That's the beauty of it. The SEC and the Big Ten, along with the Big 12, to be fair, were considered the three best conferences in college basketball. By far, three best conferences. The ACC was terrible. The Pac-12 was terrible, or Pac-10, or however many they got now. Awful. The AAC, terrible. The West Coast Conference, it's Gonzaga and nobody else. The Southeastern Conference is four and five in this tournament. Two of those wins are by Arkansas. All five losses by the Southeastern Conference schools, all five losses were to double-digit seeds. That's incredible. Kentucky, we know, lost to a 15 seed. Auburn yesterday lost to a 10 seed in Miami. Alabama lost to Notre Dame, an 11 seed, who had to win in the first four to even get to play Alabama. LSU lost to 11 seed Iowa State. The Cyclones, who won two games last season, are still alive and in the Sweet 16. And, of course, Tennessee lost to Michigan as an 11 seed Wolverine team. So, you know, and this happens every year. It's always somebody. It was the Big Ten last year. This year it's the SEC. Now, the Big Ten is 9-7. and seven. They do have nine wins, but they're not having a very good tournament for the second year in a row. The co-champions of the regular season, Illinois and Wisconsin, both got bounced. The Big Ten tournament champion, Iowa, got bounced. All as higher seeds. Now, some of these Big Ten losses are lower seeds. Indiana, you got Rutgers. You've got some uh, Big Ten teams that I don't, don't want to say shouldn't have been in the field, but they were higher. They were lower seeds, and they were expected to lose. But nine and seven is not good when you're the only conference that had nine teams in the tournament. The most of any other conference was six. The Big 12 is 9-3. and three. Baylor, one of the losses out of a number one seed spot. But the Big 12 is still 9-3 and three with three teams still alive. Iowa State, Texas Tech, and of course, number one seed, Kansas, out of the Midwest. ACC is 8-2, folks. The ACC is 8-2. Duke is 2-0. North Carolina is 2-0. And Jim Laranega and the Miami Hurricanes are 2-0. and down year in the ACC. That's what we heard. That's what I preached on this show. The ACC is terrible. They shouldn't get four teams in. Virginia Tech, if they don't win the ACC tournament, they're not in. They're not in. Notre Dame was a first four team. That's a fact. And those are the only two that lost. 11th seeded Notre Dame who won their first four game and then beat Alabama and then lost to a really good Texas Tech team in a game that could have gone either way. When you say it could have gone either way, that is code for saying the refs had something to do with the outcome. That's code. Arizona TCU last night could have gone another way. By the way, TCU is a uh, Big 12 team that's still alive as well. Though they were alive until last night. They should still be alive. Let me put it that way. 
the ACC is eight and two, and the two losses are losses you expect, right? There are two losses you expect. Virginia Tech, 11 seed, Notre Dame, 11 seed. Notre Dame actually wins the game and then loses to Alabama. Virginia Tech, well, they ran into a really good defensive team in Texas. And until last night, until late yesterday, the Big 12 looked like they were going to be, they were 9-1. and They looked like they might be 11-1. and They did. And then Texas just sort of ran out of gas against Purdue, and then TCU gets jobbed against Arizona. So, again, best weekend of the year, in my opinion. Because from noon to, to a little bit after midnight, in most cases, last night it went to about 1245, you got basketball, and it is nonstop, and it's fantastic. It's spectacular. Words cannot describe how great it is. I'm going to talk Louisville women today. I'm going to talk to Sean Watson. I'm going to talk Lynn Family Stadium with their first ever concert that was announced today. It's very interesting as far as who's coming, and it's very interesting as far as when that concert is going to take place. The Bengals get an offensive lineman they needed. The uh, Browns are looking for a home for Baker Mayfield. Actually, Baker Mayfield's looking for a home. I don't think the Browns care where he goes. But the main thing today is college basketball. So I sat down Saturday after I got home from the casino because, you know, you got to play a little while and you got to place your wagers and started watching hoops, and it was great. Carolina Baylor. 93-86 in overtime was the final. North Carolina had a 25-point lead. And then uh, Brady Manick gets tossed. Now, should he have gotten tossed? Yes. Yes. It is clear in the rule book when you hit a competitor with an elbow above the neck, it's a flagrant two violation. And it's not a basketball play. It's a flagrant two. You're ejected. Brady Manick at the time, the Oklahoma transfer, had 26 points in 28 minutes for North Carolina. He got kicked out of the game with 10 minutes and change to go. Carolina led big at that point. They were up 25 at one point in this game. Baylor, as a defending champion, you would expect them to do. They made a run. It was an incredible run, and they tied the game late. I tweeted out, and I thought, there is no chance North Carolina wins this game in overtime. No chance. They have, they've lost Manic. They've lost their point guard, Caleb Love, uh, to fouls. They are seven deep at best. They don't like to go to the bench. Hubert Davis has a very tight rotation. And uh, they usually don't go past five or six, six at the most. So you got two subs in there. They somehow win the game. I give Hubert Davis a lot of credit here. And remember, Louisville fan, this is a first-time coach. He learned under Roy Williams. He learned under Dean Smith. But he's a first-time coach. That's This is what Louisville fan wants to hear. How are first-time coaches doing? Well, Hubert Davis doing pretty well. Doing pretty well. Because Carolina, they beat Duke in Coach K's final game at Cameron. They win their first-round game, uh, a tough first-round game, an 8-9 seed game before they can uh, knock off number one Baylor. They beat Marquette, and they didn't just beat Marquette. They destroyed Marquette in that game. Destroyed them. 
a Big East team that was considered pretty good coming into the tournament. But Carolina got it done. I, I like this game because I picked this game, right? There are certain games you like because you pick them. Now, I don't think Brady Manick intentionally hit whoever he hit. I don't know if it was Baycott or one of the other Carolina big men. I don't know if he intentionally elbowed him in the head, but he threw an elbow haphazardly that was not a basketball play, threw it up high while blocking out on a, uh, a, a rebound that actually I think the free throw went in. And he almost cost his team the game. He almost cost his team the game. Does the rule need to be changed? Maybe. Look, this was a flagrant one. There is no doubt about it. And I know you can't change the rules when you get to the tournament because, well, he didn't mean to hit anybody. He threw a haphazard elbow. He threw an elbow. He didn't look at where it was going. It happened to hit somebody in the head. Hey, the rule book doesn't say when the elbow accidentally hit him in the head, it's okay. The rule says if an elbow hits him in the head and it's a non-basketball play, that dude is gone. And that's what happened to Brady Manning. And Carolina, to their credit, hung on. I actually tweeted out Thursday when I was in Indianapolis watching Kentucky lose, and I was following the score of the North Carolina Marquette game. I tweeted out, is Carolina dangerous? You go back to the win over Duke on uh, you know Coach K Day, and you look at the way they won these first two games of the tournament, I would say they're extremely dangerous. They've got UCLA Friday and then either Purdue or St. Saint, Saint Peter's after that. I, don't, I still don't believe in UCLA. I thought St. Mary's was going to beat them. Give UCLA credit. Uh, they won the game 72-56, to 56, pulled away in the second half. St. Mary's uh, couldn't figure out how to make a shot or stop UCLA there for about six minutes in the middle of that second half. Um. St. Mary's is out. San Francisco is out. That leaves Gonzaga. Now, Gonzaga won after being down 10 at halftime. Impressive comeback to beat Penny Hardaway in Memphis on Saturday night, 82-78. to But at this point, I worry about the number one overall seed in the tournament. Remember, Gonzaga trailed in their first game most of the first half. They led by two over Georgia State at halftime. It could have been a Kentucky, a, 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 a Kentucky St. Peter's scenario. It could have been a Virginia, Maryland, Baltimore County scenario, but Gonzaga pulled it together and sort of ran away with that Georgia State game in the second half. They didn't run away from Memphis, and I thought they would. I thought that first half of that first-round game would give them and give Mark Few the ammunition to say, hey, guys, you cannot take off five minutes in this tournament. You cannot mail in three minutes of a tournament game because you will find yourself where Kentucky and Tennessee and Auburn find themselves today. You can't mail it in. You can't do it. And they did it in the first half of that Georgia State game. And they sort of did it against Memphis. Memphis has talent. One thing Penny Hardaway can do is get guys to come to Memphis, whether he has to help them move their belongings, move in with him, whatever. He can get them to come to Memphis. I don't think he can coach. I think he's a really good AAU coach. That's about it. And Memphis is kind of an AAU team. They're very, very talented. 
Give Gonzaga credit. Drew Timmy was great. He looked intimidated in the first half. He looked like the best player on the floor in the second half. And the Zags advance. They will play the first game of the weekend coming up on Thursday when they take on Arkansas, the sole survivor in the Southeastern Conference. This is the third time ever that the SEC will have only one team in the Sweet 16 after having six teams in the tournament. 2002, only Kentucky made the Sweet 16. 2008, only Tennessee. And, of course, this year, only Arkansas, who could have lost. Arkansas beat New Mexico State 53-48. New Mexico State is A, pretty good, B, pretty physical, and C, hard to play against. Give Eric Musselman credit. He's four foot eight, and he uh, gets excited after every win. But he has Arkansas in the Sweet 16 for the second year in a row. Second year in a row. Only six teams that made the Sweet 16 last year made it again this year. And Arkansas is one of them. Um, Auburn. Uh, here's a, I mentioned this earlier. All five SEC losers lost to double-digit seeds. That part is incredible by itself. Keep this in mind. Arkansas beat 13th-seeded Vermont by four, 12th-seeded New Mexico State by five. Arkansas is the four-seed. Arkansas is the four-seed in the West. They are now carrying the banner for the Southeastern Conference. And the Hogs got Gonzaga next. Good luck. I will take a break. We'll break down some more of these first, or excuse me, second round games. Look ahead to the coming weekend. I've got, uh, I want to give the referees, we never give them love. And sometimes we should. But boy, they should get some grief. This has been poorly officiated, a poorly officiated college basketball season. I'm not just going to lump it into the tournament here because it's obviously more in the minds of people when it's in the NCAA tournament and there are bad calls. This is a an epidemic. It's a epidemic of poor officiating that continues. NFL news as well. Uh, and Louisville women uh, have advanced to the Sweet 16 again, and they got a break yesterday uh, as Baylor, the two-seed in the Wichita region, got beat. We'll talk about all that and more. Listening to Spears on Sports, presented by Eminem Cartage on the Big X. Welcome back, Spears on Sports, presented by Eminem Cartage. John Spears in studio. Don't forget the Big X golf cards are ready. The card features Chariot Run, Old Capital Golf Club, Elk Run, Valley View, and Christmas Lake in Santa Claus, Indiana. You can play these great courses for under $25 a round with the 2022 Big X Sports Radio golf card. Supply is limited. Get yours today. At BigXSportsRadio.com, or you can call 812-725-1457. That's 812-725-1457. Play Chariot Run, Old Capital Golf Club, Elk Run, Valley View, and Christmas Lake. Under $25 a round with cart included. Get yours today. As I mentioned, supply is limited. The uh, M&M Cartage Hotline is open, so you can call and add to my misery of my brackets. Add to your own bracket misery as well, 502-384-1450 to join in on the conversation. Thornton's text line open as well at 414-1450. Download Thornton's Refreshing Rewards app today for great offers and savings on fuel every day. 
That's the Thornton's Refreshing Rewards app. Download it today. And hit me up on the Thornton's text machine, 502-414-1450. Texter says it must be a three-mile walk from your home to Tim Tams. Yeah. Uh, Not quite, but, you know, if it's three miles, go ahead and uh, make sure there's a beer at the end of it. It's a beautiful day. I don't even want to be here today, Douglas. I mean, nothing personal. You, you understand. Well, it's hard to tell. You're doing such a great job. And I'm mailing it in. Mailing you know, it in? I'm, mail, well, I'm mailing it in like uh, Kentucky did against St. Peter's. Oh, wow. What? That's just mean-spirited. Um, all right, a couple things here. Lynn Family Stadium is going to host their first-ever concert. I got a call from a friend of mine today, Randall L. Now, he is 10 years younger than me, so it's different musical eras here. But he was jacked up. He was jacked up. It is going to be Derby Night, May seventh, not Derby Eve, not the day, not Sunday night after Derby. Saturday night, Derby Night, at Lynn Family Stadium. Um, Janet Jackson, who I would love to see. I, I saw Michael back in the day. I'd love to see Janet. And New Edition, not just some of New Edition, the entire edition of New Edition. Johnny Gill, Bobby Brown, all six members will be there. And my buddy Randy, he's he is jacked up about New Edition coming to Lynn Family Stadium. I thought we should split a ticket. He can go in and watch New Edition, come out, give me the ticket. I'll reenter uh, and watch Janet Jackson. But uh, then he told me his wife's a big Janet Jackson fan. Amy wants to go see Janet Jackson. So I'm, I'm out in the cold here. How about that? Janet Jackson and New Edition – at Lynn Family Stadium on Derby night. Um, I don't know how many people are going to go to this. I, I, tickets go on sale Friday. I don't know how much they are. I'm guessing probably in the 100 to 120 category for Janet Jackson. Maybe I'm underestimating here. I worry about the crowd because it's Derby Day in, the, in Louisville here, folks. It's Derby Day in Louisville. It's that's a long day, and you know what? You're gonna go watch Janet Jackson, New Edition. You just made it a longer day. Now I'm an old guy. I'm you know I'm get off my lawn guy. I'm 58. I'm not going to any concerts anyway. These kids off my lawn. Uh, NFL news before I get back to college basketball. Deshaun Watson, and I'll talk more about this maybe tomorrow. Uh, decided. Yeah, cold weather's not that bad. He was not going to go to Cleveland because the weather was cold. Then Cleveland said, hey, here's five years, $230 million. Fully guaranteed. And apparently the cold weather now doesn't bother Deshaun Watson. Look, this is not a good look for the NFL. I don't care what you say. Deshaun Watson was is not going to be tried the grand jury decided not to take the case, not enough evidence or for whatever reason. But he still has 22 civil suits that have to be either settled or heard by the courts. The bottom line here is talent trumps baggage. Right? In the NFL, if you're good enough, and we've seen it with you know, guys making huge mistakes, committing felonies, getting off, getting out of prison and, you know, beating their girlfriends. And you know what? Come on. Come on back. You're really good. We'll find a – you know what? Then we'll rehabilitate you, right? We'll rehab you. 
Uh, mostly women here up in arms, and I look, I get it. I would be too. I would be too. There are 22 different women, different massage therapists, apparently, who have civil suits against this guy. And you're Cleveland and your owner Jimmy Haslam, and you're going to fully guarantee $230 million. Now, here's the slap in the face. Here's the slap in the face to women. The first year of this huge five-year deal, again, $230 million. The first year, $1 million. Why? Why is it $1 million? Because Deshaun Watson is going to have to sit out games. The NFL is going to make him sit for four games, six games, eight games, half the season, whatever it is. Under their personal conduct policy, he's going to have to sit. So he's going to lose his salary for maybe half of his games. So what do you do if you're Cleveland? Year one, you only make a million dollars. So you're only going to lose about five hundred grand. Year two, you're getting $46 million. If I'm the NFL and I have any cojones at all, if I have any, any, gall at all if I'm the National Football League. Guess what I'm going to do? No, no, you're, we're going to let you play this year. We're going to let you play. Settle these lawsuits, go to court, whatever. We'll punish you next year. We won't punish you this year. We'll punish you next year. With that $46 million, maybe you lose $23 million of that. The NFL's powerful. Roger Goodell and those owners, they're powerful. I dare you to suspend him, not this coming year, when he's only making a million for the season, suspend him the following year when he's making $46 Because this is a slap in the face to everybody. And Jimmy Haslam, the owner of the Browns, put out a statement, oh, we did our due diligence. We, we uh, did a whole lot of investigating before we decided to trade for Deshaun Watson. No, you didn't. That's a lie. They didn't talk to the attorney representing the 22 women who have a civil suit against Deshaun Watson. Do you not go to him and say, hey, what's your perspective on this? You know why they don't? Because they don't want to hear what his perspective is. They don't want to hear what these women's perspective is on Deshaun Watson. I reached out to some uh, NFL guys I know. I'm not going to mention their names. And I asked them, you know, how many massage therapists did you have in your career? How many did you have? Just want, just curious. One guy told me we had one team massage therapist and a chiropractor in each place that I was. Um, one. Another former player said to me, we had massage therapists around often. All were professional. The one, uh, I had one come to my house. Uh, and he, she was female. My wife was there, and uh, but very professional. Now, these guys need massage therapists. Uh, these NFL players, they need that because that, that deep muscle tissue, that's got to be worked out after every game. Uh, the third NFL player I reached out to said I had three, one at each team that I played for. That's it. Deshaun Watson apparently needed tw- at least – 
at least 22 massage therapists. At least 22. Yet, here's Cleveland. They're giving them $230 million guaranteed. Guaranteed. In the NFL, until these civil suits are settled or they uh, are adjudicated in a court of law, they're not going to say anything. They're not. Deshaun Watson will be able to practice. He'll be able to play. And then, and only then, will he get a suspension when it's over. That's it. It's embarrassing. It's embarrassing for the league. Uh, and, I, and again, it's to me, it's a slap in the face to every woman in America, every female NFL fan in America. It's a slap in the face. And if you're a Cleveland Browns fan, I hope you can sleep at night. Did you get better as a football team? Because that's what this is about, right? This is a business. If Deshaun Watson was a backup quarterback, he would no longer be in the league. He made $10 million last year and didn't play. The NFL and the the Houston Texans got together. He didn't want to play in Houston. He didn't want to go before the media, so he didn't, and they paid him to not play. And the NFL allowed him to be paid to not play. Talent trumps baggage because there is a whole cart of baggage here with Deshaun Watson. But he's going to go to Cleveland. He's going to start Baker Mayfield. We'll see where he ends up. I hope he ends up in Indianapolis. I hope he ends up with the Colts, and I hope he throws 50 touchdowns next year or this, this coming season. The Bengals made a great signing today. It's under the radar because we hear about all these quarterbacks going everywhere. Well. The Bengals everywhere. The Bengals got Lyle Collins, L-A apostrophe E-L. I think it's pronounced Lyle. Lyle Collins from Dallas, offensive lineman. Now, they've gone out and got three offensive linemen now. What was, the, what was the number one issue with the Bengals last year, even though they got to the Super Bowl? The number one issue was protecting Joe Burrow. They took a huge step this offseason, and this is probably the biggest one. They signed Lyle Collins as a free agent, former Dallas Cowboy, to protect Joe Burrow. That's all they need. The defense is good enough. The skill position players are in place. They're young. They're vibrant. They're talented. And you have a franchise quarterback. And the number one thing you had to do was find out, you know, keep him from getting beat up. Joe Burrow got sacked nine times in the playoffs against the Tennessee Titans and still won the game. Imagine how easily they win the game if uh, he's not running for his life or falling in the, in the backfield because he doesn't want to run or doesn't want to get crushed. He took a lot of hits with a repaired knee and got his team to the Super Bowl. I love what the Bengals are doing this offseason. There's no guarantee because the AFC is loaded. It's loaded with quarterbacks. Here's a sneaky move that I really like, and I'll probably regret saying this. The Steelers getting Mitchell Trubisky from Buffalo. Now, Mitchell Trubisky flamed out in Chicago, but if you look at his record in Chicago, even though the fans wanted him gone, wasn't that bad. Then he sits for a year and watches Josh Allen and listens to Sean McDermott and learns 
a lot watching a great quarterback in Josh Allen? And now he goes to Pittsburgh? Mike Tomlin, he's a really good coach. He's a really good coach. Mitch Trubisky, in my opinion, will succeed at Pittsburgh. That is a hot take that nobody has. I think it's a great signing. It's cheap. You can spend money on other needs. You got a great defense. Running game is, I guess, okay. Got to get healthy in your running game. Got some skill position wide receivers. Great tight end. Pittsburgh, that that division, that division's going to be unbelievable next year because you got Lamar Jackson, Deshaun Watson, with or without the baggage, is talented. Joe Burrow are your quarterbacks, along with now Mitch Trubisky. It'll be very interesting in the AFC North. All right, we'll take a break, come back. I do want to talk about some more college basketball and the officiating that has just gone horribly wrong. You're listening to Spears on Sports, presented by Eminem Cartage on the Big X. Welcome back to Spears on Sports, presented by Eminem Cartage. John Spears in studio, final segment on this Monday. Don't forget the Big X golf cards are ready. Card features Chariot Run, Elk Run, Old Capital Golf Club, Valley View, and Christmas Lake in Santa Claus, Indiana. You can play these great courses for under $25 a round with a 22 excuse me, the 2022 Big X Sports Radio Golf Cart. Get yours today at BigXSportsRadio.com. You can call 812-725-1457. Play Chariot Run, Old Capital Golf Club, Valley View, Elk Run, and Christmas Lake for under $25 a round. That's cart included. Hurry today. Get yours today. Supplies are limited. Texter says, uh, what do you think the game of the tournament has been so far? How about Arizona surviving in an overtime thriller? Now Arizona gets Houston in San Antonio. Uh, also, which number one seed do you think falls next? Well, Arizona's would be my best bet on that. I still think Gonzaga. All right, let's go through each uh, regional here. Now, the the West is has uh, held up. One, two, three, and four. Zags play Arkansas, one versus four, and then two versus three, Duke and Texas Tech. Um, Gonzaga, there are chinks in the armor, no doubt about it. But I think they handle Arkansas. And then if Texas Tech uh, plays the way they're capable, I think they handle Duke. Although this could be one of those karma years for Coach K. Oh, I'm going to retire. Look, as a fan, I was happy to see a few things yesterday, uh, this weekend. Penny lost. I was happy to see Memphis lose. Uh, Bruce Pearl lost. That's always fun. Tennessee lost. Nothing stinks like a big orange. But I got one more thing on my list, and that's Duke getting beat. Now, this is just – this is bad fan in me because I, I've said this before on the show. I love greatness, right? I love watching Tom Brady play. I love watching LeBron James play. I loved watching Michael Jordan play. Uh, Tiger Woods, love watching him play golf. Don't You don't have to pull for these people to appreciate their greatness. You don't have to. And Mike Krzyzewski is probably the best coach in the history of college basketball. You can make an argument for John Wooden. Um, not many other guys you can make an argument for. But Mike Krzyzewski is probably the best coach in the history of the game. That doesn't mean i got to pull for him. 
I don't pull for Duke. I don't like most former Duke players. I don't. Nobody likes Christian Leitner. Nobody liked Bobby Hurley. Nobody liked Danny Ferry. There, you know, there's a lot of Duke guys that you just couldn't pull for. Those are just a few examples. So I pull against Duke. So I want Duke to lose to Texas Tech. I wanted them to lose to Michigan State. Even though I picked Duke to go to the Sweet 16, doesn't mean I want them there. Doesn't mean I want them there. By the way, three Big 12 teams are left, three ACC teams. Who had that in their bracket? Big 12, sure. ACC? No. Two Big 10 teams, two Pac-12 teams, two Big East teams. Conferences with one team left, the West Coast Conference, the MAAC, the AAC, and the Southeastern Conference. Yikes. I don't care how you, sh- how you shake it. That is embarrassing for the SEC. That's embarrassing. Now, the referees, I don't like to get on them unless I'm just fed up. And I'm fed up here. This was a bad, this was a bad weekend for officials. This was a bad weekend for officials. The technical foul on the Illinois dunk against Houston, that might be the worst call of the weekend. John Higgins, Kentucky's favorite referee, made an awful call in the Notre Dame-Texas Tech game. This was late in the game, probably five minutes to go. Notre Dame put up a layup. It barely hit the rim. The shot clock operator did the right thing in resetting the clock to 20. There was a scramble. Notre Dame came away with the ball in the corner. Texas Tech never had possession. So you reset the shot clock to 20. And Notre Dame had a wide-open layup. The uh, Irish player in the corner found his teammate under the basket. As soon as it hit that teammate's hands, John Higgins decided to take over the basketball game. He stopped play. It was going to be an uncontested dunk. And he stopped play to check the shot clock. Let the play finish. Let him dunk it. There's nobody within 10 feet of this kid. Let him dunk it, blow your whistle, then go to the monitor. And Notre Dame doesn't lose a crucial, crucial two points. Instead, he blows the play dead before the dunk, goes and checks and says, my bad, you're right, shot clock operator. The ball did hit the rim. I wasn't sure it did. So I stopped the flow of the game when Notre Dame was going to get an easy two points. Mike Bray was almost laughing at the ineptitude of the official. Because you can't yell, he's going to get teed up. John Higgins, as we know, has thin skin. And Mike Bray at that time did not need a technical foul. He was sort of laughing mockingly laughing at this official, and he should have been. He should have been yelling at him at the top of his lungs. And Notre Dame loses. Notre Dame loses a close game. 59-53 was the final, but that bucket could have made a world of difference, a world of difference, because the Irish had the lead. They were going to expand on the lead at that point. And then TCU-Arizona last night. Great game. 
I mean, that is a, a wonderfully played game on both sides to end the weekend. And I'm up at 1245 watching the whole thing. And TCU, a nine seed out of the Big 12. I've loved them all year long. They beat Kansas uh, this year. Um, Jamie Dixon, the former Pitt coach, a TCU alum, does a great job as the head coach of the Horned Frogs. Again, one of the greatest nicknames in college basketball, the Horned Frogs. Tie game, late in the game, late in regulation. A trap near midcourt. TCU player tries to dribble out of it, obviously gets bumped, goes down, loses the ball. Arizona goes the other way. They put up a dunk that is just after the horn, so we're going to overtime. But there should have been a foul called at midcourt. It was obvious. It was obvious to a blind man. I can't. I don't see real well without my cheaters. But I saw that, and everybody in America saw that, except three guys, including Doug Shouse, who wear striped shirts. Nobody saw it, or nobody had the, the temerity to blow their whistle. If that play happens any other time of the game, end of the first half, middle of the second half, middle of the first half, that's called. That's a whistle. You bumped a, a player who was dribbling with the ball, and he went down. That's a foul. That's a foul in any league in any country. They let it go. You go to overtime, game effort by uh, TCU. Arizona wins at 85-80 in the overtime. Number one seed stays alive. The officiating has gotten horrible, and it's been a year-long thing here. It's been a year-long thing. The block charge, I don't have any idea anymore. I, I feel like these guys just love calling charges. Love calling charges. I think they should go to the NBA rule. If it is not a charge without question, then it's a block. That's it. Open the game up a little bit, right? This is college basketball. I saw a 53 to 48 game last night. Yep, I saw a 54 to 49 game. Iowa State over Wisconsin. 53 to 48, Arkansas over New Mexico State. 59 to 53, Texas Tech over Notre Dame. See too many of these games. Open it up a little bit. If a guy leaves his feet for a layup or a dunk, I'm sorry. I don't care how early you got there. You got to get him earlier. If a guy lowers his shoulder and runs over you and he's not shooting the ball, that's a charge. If a guy goes up in the lane and runs over you while he's laying the ball in, that's a block. It's pretty simple. The NBA does it. Open the game up. Open it up a little bit offensively. And take these crucial calls, these crucial decisions out of the hands of the officials. Take him out. Make it black and white. If he's going up for a shot, it's a block. It's that simple. You should have got there earlier. You should have guarded him better out on the perimeter. Your teammates shouldn't have let him get around him. And, and you're going to slide underneath him while he's eight feet in the air and, and you're going to get a charge call? These officials love calling charges at every level, except the NBA. Except the NBA. 
And why can I review a, a ball out of bounds at 159 to go in the game, but I can't review a ball out of bounds with 201 to go in the game? Look, I'm, I'm of the opinion that I don't like reviews in general. If you have to review what may or may not be a flagrant foul, okay, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. But part of the game is human error. Part of the game is human error. If there's a scramble for loose ball in the corner and an official has to guess who it went out on and he doesn't know, jump ball, possession arrow. If he thinks he knows, make the call and let's stick with it. Stick with it. CBS loves it because you get more uh, more AT&T Verizon commercials, more AT&T Lilly commercials with Coach K. You get more Charles Barkley, uh, Samuel L. Jackson, um, Spike Lee, Magic Johnson commercials. Hey, we got a review. There's another minute worth of commercials or two minutes worth of commercials. Got to see who it went out of bounds on. The reviews have gotten out of hand, and the charging calls have gotten out of hand. I don't want college basketball to be the NBA in most instances. But in this case, I want it to be much more like the NBA. If you make a move around your defender and you're going to the basket for a layup and you're in the air, guy can't get underneath you. saw a few yesterday where – the player was, without question, sliding in under a uh, a uh, shot taker while he was in the air. And they love calling the charge because you get to do a little TV Teddy dance, right? You get to be demonstrative about the call. All oh, these officials love calling charges. And the guys whose names you know are usually the worst of the officials. Doug Shouse. Teddy Valentine, John Higgins, Bo Borowski last night. I thought, and he's a Big Ten official, but I thought Tom Tom Izzo was just going to light him up. Izzo just laughed. He just laughs because he's at the point in his career, what can I do? He's not going to change the call. I might as well laugh. He put his head down on the table at one point. I understand Duke's going to get the calls. They usually do. They usually do. And this year, probably more than most. Tom Izzo just laughed at a couple of the calls last night in that Duke-Michigan State game. Great games coming up this weekend, though. I do look forward to all of these games. Thursday, Arkansas-Gonzaga, Texas Tech-Duke, Michigan versus Villanova, Houston versus Arizona. Houston-Arizona intrigues me. And then Friday, St. Peter's against Purdue. Yeah, you heard me right. North Carolina-UCLA. Providence against Kansas, be careful of Providence, and Iowa State against Miami. We'll talk more about all these games tomorrow. Whew, this is only Monday? Wow. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you tomorrow. This has been Spears on Sports, presented by Eminem Cartage, right here on the Big X.